Hi, I'm Austin. I'm Alex. You're listening to One Last Breath, an autopsy of awful albums. Where we discuss controversial, bizarre, divisive, and downright abysmal albums. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the debut album, The Big Day, by Chance the Rapper. Although it was Chance's debut album-wise, the release was actually the fourth of his career, his first three being mixtapes. Yeah, uh, so excuse us if we call it Chance 4 the whole time. (laughs) Um, If you're a Chance fan, you understand that Chance albums and mixtapes are usually called Chance, and then the number of release. We'll try to say the big day, though. Yeah, which is weird, because I've never, I don't think I've ever called Acid Rap Chance 2. No. <laughs> but Chance 3, everybody Chance, called it's all, uh, it's Chance, Coloring Book because, Chance 3. Because um, he had the hats that just said 3 on them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he even said it in his uh, verse on Ultra Light Beam by Kanye. Yeah. He said, let's do a good-ass job with Chance 3. But yeah, so... Chancellor Bennett, a.k.a. Chance the Rapper, was born April 16, 1993. Born in Chicago to parents Ken Williams Bennett and Lisa Bennett, his father being an aide to Chicago Mayor Harold Washington and then-Senator Barack Obama. <laughs> what? Yeah, here, wait, we'll, we'll get to it being even better with that. And his mother working for the Illinois Attorney General. I tell you all this to drop this fact on you, I don't... Which, this is from Wikipedia, so fact-check it, but... Apparently, Chance met Obama in his youth and shared his aspirations to be a rapper. <laughs> do you, you want to guess what Obama's response was? Let's kill dogs. Word. Word. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Can you imagine you're talking to the president of the United States of America? Well, at that time, the senator, okay, I the guess. The senator of Illinois. the United States of Illinois. The United States of Illinois. I, you're talking to the senator, and you're like, hey man, I really want to be a rapper. And this thirty-something-year-old man is just uh, my fellow American. Word. <laughs> my fellow, my fellow rapper. Word. <laughs> but I'm not a rapper. Yeah, I thought I thought that was a that's, good good fact. That's point. ridiculous. <laughs> Growing up, Chance's early influences include Michael Jackson, Billie Holiday, Sam Cooke, along with various jazz and gospel artists. And you can hear that a lot starting in Chance Three. Sorry. Mm. Coloring book. You can kind of even hear even acid rap. A you can kind of hear an acid rap, but acid rap is more. It's more rap than his later albums really turn out to be. Yeah, but his interest in hip hop began when he heard "Through the Wire" by Kanye West on a local radio station. Honestly, same. <laughs> he later purchased the album and later stated he was inspired to rap by Kanye. He began rapping in sixth grade and formed a duo named Instrumentality with a friend in his freshman year of high school. However, he never started any serious projects until his junior year in 2011, after being suspended 10 days from school for smoking weed. Instrumentality is a hard-as-fuck name. <laughs> yeah. He should do something with that. That's hard. Yeah, that would be cool. I mean, we'll get to it, but I, I don't think he really has much to lose at this point. Oh, no, he fucking so, Yeah, he can do whatever the fuck he wants, and it'll probably be, be good compared to the big day, but we'll get to it. He's, like, the biggest name in rap right now. <laughs> He was. He was at one point. I don't know. But the project took took eight months to write and record, releasing on April third, twenty twelve, aptly titled Ten Day. Have so, you have you listened to Ten Day? Yeah. It's, have you? It's pretty good. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's not. It's no. It's, it's obviously like a freshman attempt. Mm-hmm. Um, which is weird because usually the freshman attempt is a band's best like best album for a while because they've had a lot of time to put it together. But like he just put together a mixtape and released it, mm-hmm. as opposed to like Fallout Boy's freshman attempt, 
they had all these songs written, and they were like, well, we get to choose our best songs of the past five years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's um, a lot of bands that... I mean, it doesn't always happen. But James also ignored the, the sophomore slump, so, like... Yeah, exactly. He's fucking... Yeah, I like 10 Day. I don't... Obviously don't like it as much as Acid Rap or Coloring Book, but, I mean, it's, it's still good. Yeah, Chance, I like it. Chance, Acid Rap and Chance 3 are his best shit, yeah, in my me. opinion. For no, sure. No spoilers. <laughs> yeah, no spoilers, but... I mean, I feel like the majority of Chance fans would agree yeah, with you're that. A, if you're a Chance fan, you know that it's all about Acid Rap and Coloring Book. And I mean, you're, you're in one of the two categories, really. Hmm. There's Acid Rap fans and Coloring Book fans, and they all love the other album. I'm sure I'm sure there's some people that uh, 10 Day is their favorite. But I'm, I'm, a, the sure big, I'm a, the Big Day stan. Oh, no. <laughs> um, where was I at? Oh, yeah, so... The mixtape was downloaded over 400,000 times on mixtape site DatPiff and over 235,000 times on Mixtape Monkey. Following a re-release in 2019 onto vinyl and streaming services, that album actually charted number 73 on Billboard. Wow, I mean, he's charted a couple times without selling an album. Mm -hmm. So his uh, sophomore release, Acid Rap, Came out the next year on April 30th of 2013, garnering over a million downloads on that piff, and it even debuted on number 63. I don't, I don't like the name of that piff. Yeah, that piff. Oh, it's that piff. I don't know. It's that piff. <laughs> it sounds like an off-brand Daft Punk. Yeah, that piff. <laughs> around the country, around the country. <laughs> around the Providence. <laughs> or Providence. <laughs> um, no, just around Providence, Rhode Island. Yeah, that too. But yeah, it actually debuted on number 63, Acid Rap, that is, uh, on the Billboard Top R&B and Hip Hop albums due to bootleg downloads on iTunes and Amazon. Acid Rap was met with widespread critical acclaim from critics, ending up on multiple best of the year slash decade lists from numerous publications. It was also re-released in 2019, debuting all the way at number 5 on Billboard. Then oh, damn. Yeah. Then Chance's third mixtape, Coloring Book, was released on May 13th in 2016 to more critical acclaim, peaking at number 8 on Billboard, becoming the first mixtape to ever chart solely based on streams. It also won Best Rap Album at the 2017 Grammys, becoming the first exclusively streaming album to win a Grammy. So, <laughs> yeah, as you can see, Chance definitely had a lot of he upward lot momentum. Of, he had a lot of hype behind him. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone was like, this kid is the next big thing. This kid is the next Kanye. He's the next big thing, but it turns out he had the big day. Uh, and it was not the big, the big day. day. <laughs> and now comes July 26... I almost said 2016. July 26, 2019, with the release of Chance's debut album, The Big Day. It debuted at number two on Billboard, being Chance's highest charting project to date. Described by critics as pop rap and gospel rap, while also containing traces of R&B and soul music, the album was met with a generally positive review from critics, with many highlighting the optimism, cheerful tone, and lyrics about Chance's married life. He is a wife guy now. <laughs> yeah, that whole I uh, love he, my wife meme. <laughs> he is the one wife guy I trust. Yeah. Because the only wife guy is like, well, you're going to cheat on your wife. Yeah. Mm. Like John Mulaney, <laughs> the dude from Try Guys, probably Logic. <laughs> Um, that's logic a, a logic, that's a joke, uh, please do not sue me for defamation. <laughs> um, yeah, and a 10 out of 10 review by Adam Isaac Ichtoff, or Itkoff of the AV Club, he states, The Big Day is a rare bouquet on full display, a stunningly realized array of color, sound, and sensation that swallows the room. 
Any structure at risk of pop cliché finds new life through chance, whose mastery of composition creates spins on existing musical archetypes, like new sympathetic grooves being carved out for the very first time. I feel like critics love this album. Most of them did. Which, uh, chance fans, however, did not like this album. Yeah, we'll get to that, but yeah, it's, it's a very big divide. Fred Thomas of AllMusic.com gave the album 4 out of 5, Summarizing, bright, flawless production supports Chance's optimistic lyrics and cultivates an atmosphere overflowing with joy, wonder, and summery nostalgia. Not every critic review was positive, however. In Anthony Fantano's review of the album... Ah, uh, bald man bad. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know, I don't agree with a lot of the stuff he says, but... Listen, even a broken clock is right... I don't know, like, once or twice a month. I mean, he was pretty spot on with his Father of All review that yeah, I quoted. He, that one was like... He's really good at knowing when an album is dog shit. Most of the time. Most of the time. There's there's some stuff that he's given pretty bad reviews to that a lot of people, and me included, are like... Bro, because he doesn't, he doesn't know when an album's good. <laughs> yeah. He just knows when an album's bad. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with a lot that he says, but I mean, I like him as a person. Like, I like watching his um, Let's Argue segments and stuff. I, I mean, really, I he really definitely like knows TikTok where he just memes on himself. Yeah. I think I think he's very self-aware. Yeah, he's a cool he's dude. A cool guy. But in his review, he gave it a strong 0 out of 10, stating, Going into this album, Chance has style, he has personality, he has flow, he has lyrical ability, he has a budget, and he most likely has a mountain of producers stumbling over each other to work with him. So going into this, I had no reason to expect anything other than a quality album. The Big Day is essentially a 22-track torture chamber with 77 minutes of runtime. Lots and lots of features, some of which are kind of bad, corny skits, offensive vocal performances, and honestly, Chance's worst bars to date. You done, Keaton? <laughs> he said, let's do a good-ass job with Chance 3. <laughs> Key. Go lay down, please. Yeah, I feel like Fantano was, I don't know, a little harsh on it. Like, a strong zero yeah, out of ten. Yeah, strong zero is, I don't want to spoil my feelings for the album yeah. yet, but, like, no matter what I think, I'm never going to give an album a zero. Yeah. I gave Alien Kids, like, what, a two? <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what we gave it. It was, like, it was a, it was a, at least five times a zero. Yeah. Which is still a zero, but we're not going <laughs> to math that out. And then uh, Lucy Shanker of Consequence concludes... Lucy... That, what? Lucy Shanker. Oh, God, I thought you said a slur there for a second. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Lucy, well, obviously. Lucy Shanker of Consequence concludes, There's an abyss between the kid on acid rap and the man on Big Day. <clears throat> and while you can't blame a man for growing up and aging out of these topics... You can blame him for not being able to communicate in a way that still resonates with his fans. I like how she was like, man, acid rap, the big day. There's nothing in between. Yeah, that is true. Like, just ignoring Chance 3, which is a lot of people's favorite Chance album. Yeah, and it kind of, I would say it introduced a lot of the stuff yeah, that he kind of blew to the, the extreme. I don't do drugs and I love <laughs> God. Yeah. I think, I think in Chance 3 he was still doing some drugs. Probably, but... I've said it once, I'll say it again. Don't stop doing drugs, kids. You make better music. <laughs> Sadly, it's true. Uh, who's the, the guy that did, um... Well, Lupe Fiasco. Um... My... No. He did fucking... My brain isn't working today. Um... 
They had Kid Cudi. Yeah, Kid Cudi. He stopped doing drugs. Yeah. Terrible music. They stopped smoking weed, yeah. And then he did that one album that everybody fucking hated. I forget what it was called, but it was Listen, like... Listen, if you don't do drugs, don't start. But, like, if you're doing drugs and you're making some pretty good music, as long as it's not killing you... I mean, jazz wouldn't be jazz without heroin, <laughs> so, like, maybe don't become a jazz musician. Don't do school saying drugs. Uh, but, yeah, so, and then she continued saying, regardless, the key positive takeaway is this. Chance is happy, and it's hard not to be happy for him, even if it means we'll never get the old Chance back. Which I agree with. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm so happy for Chance. Yeah, but... Being married's cool. Yeah, but... but you can be married and make good music. I've been doing it for five years. Yeah, I think that's... <laughs> you clearly can, but... Well, yeah, I guess I've been married for five years, but you get the point. <laughs> Although the album fared mostly positive with critics, there has not been an album in recent memory that killed an artist's career and credibility faster than, faster oh, yeah. than the big day. Lulu. Eh, I feel like Metallica didn't have much credibility before that. <laughs> Lou Reed never had credibility. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the album holds a truly abysmal score of 1.25 out of 5 on regular music, 3.7 out of 10 on Metacritic, and a 4.9 on all music, which is worth stating that the score from regular music has a little over 7,000 ratings. Metacritic only has 322 and all music has 139, so obviously the more users that rate it, the more negative the aggregate score becomes. So <laughs> Yeah, it seems like there are a, a few really big chance for defenders. Yeah, then the more people, like, rate your music has, like, by far the most reviews, and then that also is the worst score, so I feel like, I feel like it kind of evens out in that regard. Uh, but the severe regression from Chance along basically every facet of his music has left fans with very little optimism for what the rapper has in store for the future. Um, I've listened to some of the stuff he's done after this album, and has he, he got it back. Has he had, like, just features, or has he had actual... I mean, I know uh, he, he like, did, like, a, a Christmas yeah. song. And that, like, I think he, he had a whole Christmas album. It he was, went like, pretty hard on the song I heard. Okay. So I think he's getting it back. Hmm. I think this is just a lull. Which, I mean, he might just be the next Eminem instead of the next Kanye. <laughs> Kanye? Actually, Kanye, Kanye even missed a couple times. Yeah, I don't don't like... Eh, I mean, Ye is pretty mid, but definitely that was like... And I feel fine talking good about Kanye now because he's not anti-Semitic anymore. He watched 21 Drum Street. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Shout out Jonah Hill. By the time this episode comes out, he's going to say something anti-Semitic again. I can just <laughs> feel it. Yeah, I... Yeah, Yeo was pretty mid. Jesus is King was awful. And I, Donda, I don't know. I really... I like Donda. I liked three, four songs on there. Well, I the liked most. it for the month I was allowed to listen to it before Ye said the <laughs> shit. Yeah, I listened to it like two or three times when it first came out. And I haven't listened to anything from it again. Okay, well this is not a shit on Donda episode. That <laughs> might come later. That might come. <laughs> but, yeah, so what are your first thoughts on the big day? I listened to this album when it first came out, and there were a couple tracks where I was like, hell yeah, like Hot Shower. <laughs> um, but no, there were a couple tracks when it, when it first came out that I was like, okay, I kind of like this, but overall my first impression, what, four years ago, mm -hmm. was, wow, I miss the old chance. Mm -hmm. um, I think I've come around a little bit more this time, Like we'll, t we'll talk about it, but I feel like I've come around a little bit more, and I don't hate the album anymore. Okay. For me, I actually didn't listen to it when it first came out. I 
didn't even hear. Did you have heard the Hot Shower single? No, I hadn't even heard that. I didn't listen to that or any other songs on it. I, which is weird. Like, I don't know. This came out in the summer of 2019. Yeah. I can't remember what I was really doing then. Like, I don't know. It might have been because I wasn't, like, as big into rap at that point. Like, at that point, I was, I don't know what the hell I was listening to. I mean, you know, you kind of go with... porno grind, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you kind of go in and out with genres, like, yeah. you'll get really hyper, at least for me, I'll get, like, really hyper-focused on a few things. Yeah, and like, right now, of, I'm super hyper-focused into Japanese music. Yeah, for me, it's, like, jazz fusion, fucking, like, old-school thrash and death metal, and then, like, some, like, 90s rock Man, alternative shit. I, I wonder why we're listening to thrash metal, the both of us. <laughs> but, oh yeah, hint for the future. But yeah, so I didn't listen to it right out the gate and honestly a lot of that probably had to do with reading how much everybody fucking hated it and i just didn't want to give it a listen i had heard the hot shower scene when i was like this is gonna be a bad album but i have to listen to it it's chance he's done some weird shit before and then still come back and maybe hot shower is much better in the context of the album which it could be (laughs) could be but yeah so I hadn't listened to it before this. The only songs I had heard before we listened to this entire uh, album for this was um, Handsome, the one with Meg. I heard that because my wife liked it when it was out, like, as a, I think it was a single, and I was like, yeah, this isn't, I was like, yeah, this isn't awful, and then uh, Hot Shower, some of, some of mine and Austin's friends showed it to me, and, (laughs) as a joke, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, as a joke, and I was like, yeah, but it's, fucking hilarious like i unironically ironically love that song it started, we'll get to it, it started ironic yeah we'll get to it but um yeah so i i don't know so listening to this i guess my initial thoughts like weren't it's not as bad as people made it out to be but then the more i listened to it the more it just got on my nerves, I guess. Yeah, it goes on for a little longer. <clears throat> yeah, and the thing is, it wouldn't be so bad if he wasn't on such a fucking upward trajectory. Like, he just... Yeah, it's like he it's just... just such a big fall-off. He was going really high, and then someone just built a fucking wall. Like, he built... Like, he stopped climbing to build a fucking wall that he couldn't climb over. Yeah, like, I don't get it. I don't understand. And I like, think he's finally getting over that wall. Yeah, so we'll see. But I just can't think of any other artist that because i mean artists i've loved have released shit i.e fucking father of all by green day but at that yeah. point it's like they're fucking what 12 13 albums in their career like they're over 20 years old yeah like they're a legacy shit. band like yeah. they're gonna release you shit you can write shit when you've been a band for 20 years yeah but chance it's like he came out with two arguably three like fucking classics in a row and then he drops the ball so hard with this i think that's what makes it so bad because like literally every aspect like his raps his flow his voice his uh beats his feature like everything everything just is such a significant drop off with this album yeah it's like the fire nation fucking attacked yeah and uh going back to another thing that fantana said which uh i liked was it kind of felt like he, with this album, was trying to do shit that Kanye does, where he'll pull, especially on a My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, yeah. like, he gets all these artists from, like, all these different genres that would have nothing to do with each other and pulls it together, 
and makes it make sense. And it feels like Chance was kind of trying yeah, to do that it, with this it's album. It's very hard to do that. Yeah, and like some of it works, which we'll get to, but a lot of it just feels really forced. Yeah. So like I feel like a lot of this album he was trying to do Kanye shit. And a, lot the, a lot of the features are like people that nobody fucking cares about. Yeah, exactly. So Like I knew uh, like maybe half the features were people I knew about and less than that were people I have listened to actively. Yeah, exactly. Um but yeah, so want to get into a track by track? Okay, so all day long, it feels like the Chance Four version of Angels. Okay. I like the song. I think the chorus is super catchy, and the verses have like almost as good wordplay as it used to have. I think it's a solid opener. This was one that, the more I listened to it, the more I didn't like it. Mm. Like right off the bat, I thought the verses were decent. But the more I listen to it, his voice is just, like, really annoying to me in this song. The way the way he does inflections on his words and stuff is just, like, really, over time, got grating on my ears. And then, like, looking into the lyrics, some of it some of it was decent, but some of it I was just like, what the fuck is he even trying to say? Like, something about, I'll play a show at the Denzel Demodome. Okay, that <laughs> is, like, goes what? hard. And then the fucking, something about Pippi Longstocking, like, I don't even yeah, fucking I don't... know. I'm not saying all the wordplay mm. is great, but the wordplay that hit was almost as good as his older shit. Okay. Not quite, yeah. obviously. Yeah, and then another thing is, I just, even from the first time I heard it when I was a little more positive on this song, I just, anything that John Legend is, is in, I just don't, I don't, I don't know what I'm it is. I'm not a fan of John Legend. It's I like, forgot he was in this, I ignored, <laughs> the chords might be catchy, I ignored it the whole time. Yeah, it's like he has... He has a objectively good voice. He's an I just, objectively a talented musician. Yeah, I just it's just something about his voice. Like I it's just, just don't fucking. He's another wife guy. I think it's just his voice is just overly. I don't want to say overly emotional. It's just too pol- polished feeling. I guess. Yeah, I feel like he overproduces his vocals. Yeah, it's like soullessly good. Like it's like yeah, it sounds good, but it just doesn't evoke any. Emotion. Yeah, I don't think. I feel like a lot of vocalists want the perfect voice, not realizing that the greatest vocal take of all time is in um, "Give Me Shelter", shelter. when that with her fucking voice cracks. Yeah. Yeah, her fucking. uh... Uh, This is also not a "Give Me Shelter" pro (laughs) podcast. Okay, the podcast (laughs) as a whole is pro "Give Me Shelter." This episode is not about "Give Me Shelter," so we'll move on from that. But yeah, exactly. Like a lot of my favorite vocalists are imperfect. A lot of my favorite vocalists are bad. Yeah. yeah. I listen, <laughs> objectively I bad. I listen to emo. Yeah. They're not good. Yeah, exactly. So I guess that's what it is with John Legend. Like, anything he's in, I can't lie, the only solo song I can name from him right now is All of Me. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, that was him. Like, anything... Uh, I know he's married to Kristen, Christy Teigen. Yeah. Or divorce. Uh, still married? Who knows? But I don't fucking know. I, we don't keep we don't keep up with celebrities. We're too busy listening to albums that are. This is the newest album we've listened to. I think No Father in Law was. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, too busy listening to to shitty albums that are mostly like <laughs> a decade or two old. Exactly, but yeah. So, eh, not the worst song on the album, but just kind of eh for me. Like it is, it is catchy, but the more I listen to it, the more kind of got on my nerves. Uh, but then we get into Do You Remember, which, luckily, everything I said about the last song is completely opposite here. Like, I actually really like this song. I love this song. Oh, the first time I listened to it, I liked it. I mm-hmm. thought it was fine. But now that I'm I'm the age that Chance was when he wrote this, mm-hmm. this song went hit hard. I was yeah. fucking crying to this. Yeah, the lyrics are really good in this song, and the 
chorus, like... Ben Gibbard is mm-hmm. amazing in the chorus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a cheerful-sounding song, but also at the same time, like, kind of solemn, like, retrospective. And then, yeah, like, lyrics about Chance's youth and wishing you could go back to the good old days and yeah. how, as you get older, time inevitably will fucking... <laughs> Get faster and faster and faster until you die, <laughs> essentially. It's, it's a little fucked up to hear. Yeah. Um, it's a lot. The verse, the verses do have a little bit of cheesiness. Yeah, they do, but, but um, it's I tolerable think, here. Yeah, I think overall the song is one of my favorite songs on the album. Yeah, mine too. I'll go ahead and say that outright. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, and then Chance's, like I said, like everything is opposite here. Like Chance's voice sounds like his old self on this one, I think. His bars, while not up to par with his older shit, are better on this song. The chorus is really good. Yeah. Like, pretty much everything I said about All Day Long is opposite here. So, <laughs> that's that's one of the better things I can say about this album so far. And then we get into Eternal. And he spends three fucking minutes talking about how a side piece will never be as good as him. The song is mid. It's mid as fuck. Yeah, it's, it's alright. Like... Most of it, especially Chance's parts, feel really just they kind of fall flat and just feel uninspired. Force, yeah, force. Like he was like, "Well, I gotta write an album about how my wife, the man my wife dated while we were broken up, isn't cool." Yeah, exactly. It's like, bro, you're married now. My it doesn't matter. My wife's boyfriend said I can play Fortnite. Oh <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's, some of it I'll, I'll give it to him. Some of it's kind of clever. Some of it's there's a couple funny. clever lines, but it's mostly just mid. Yeah, I like the one where he says. Uh, while your side dude sitting at the club with a booty on his chin like a cleft, <laughs> and then uh, side chicks make they Kool Aid with Splenda, like those, mm. those are two pretty funny parts. But then I will say, uh, Smino, the feature on this song, I, I like his verse a oh, lot. Oh yeah, Smino, Smino goes a little hard. Yeah, and he's someone that every every time I like, I he was on Acid Rap too, right? No, he no. wasn't on Acid Rap. Who am I thinking of? I oh, yeah, I don't know who you're thinking of, but. I don't know if I've heard any... No, I've, I've heard a couple of solo songs by him. Most of the stuff I've heard from him is I've definitely features. heard some Speedo features. Yeah, I you can know the name. But yeah, like, he brings a really... Like, the way he raps almost reminds me of Kendrick in a way, because he, like, switches through a bunch of different voices and tones, and then he'll, like, start singing out of nowhere within his verse. Like, he has he has a really unique... Yeah, he's really interesting. Yeah, he has a really unique approach, and I think that he saved the, saves the song for the most part. Like, he takes it from being a pretty pretty bad song to being pretty mid, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so he brings up the song a lot, so I will say he has one of the better features on this album. Uh, then we have the hot shower. <laughs> this song's a meme. Yeah. Uh, I refuse... For my own sake... And for the sake of me wanting to respect Chance as a person, I refuse to believe this wasn't a joke. It's Yeah, it's kind of hard not to. I mean, because while a lot of his verses and bars seem cringe and forced on this album, like, this one just feels too over the top to not be a joke. Yeah, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like he knew that people weren't going to like this album very much. He's like, well, what if I do this? Yeah. And then people have something to focus on. And have you seen the music video? No. Oh, it's hilarious, too. But, yeah, it the beat sounds like you just went on YouTube and looked up generic trap beat and just yeah. and just took it. And then, and then the words are just like rhyme salad. Yeah, it's... It's pretty funny. Um, the chorus is catchy as hell, though. Yeah. I, I, I uh, damn hot, water, hot, hot shower. shower. 
Atlanta spoken green cauliflower. But yeah, um, the verses goes from over the top and nonsensical with chants to pretty boring and basic with Made in Tokyo. Is that how you say his name? I think so. It's like yeah. TYO. I'm assuming it's Made in Tokyo. His verse is pretty just like, yeah. And then it goes to the baby, which the baby is a shit person, but he does he does a pretty good show of the set song. Yeah, this his verse actually like unironically goes pretty fucking hard. Yeah, like 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 we said earlier, this song started as an ironic like, huh, look at what Chance has been doing, and then it turned yeah. into like an actual like this song. This song kind of goes. Yeah, yeah, I love the part where Chance is like, that shit don't even make no fucking sense. Like having fucking arguments for paying fifty extra cents for barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> just like, what the fuck is he the talking about? should have taught you that we're all just dudes. That we are dudes. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, one of my favorite all-time bars from like any song ever, unironically, is when the uh, baby says, Today I'll dress up like a Republican, get some head from a white man's daughter. Her lips aren't big, but I'm loving it. I'll get in fake ID on Nick loving it. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love the baby goes, goes hard that on part the song. Is, that part is so fucking funny. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, after this, it's We Go High, which, the sample of Navi, it says I have the sample of Navi, so I don't know if I hated it or loved it, (laughs) but I had some very strong feeling about the Navi sample. Yeah, this one just kind of bores me to death, this song, it's Um, just, I don't know. He tries really hard to get wordplay on this. Yeah, and this is the part in the album where the over-sentimentality, like, really really kicks in the full drive starting here like i don't know it's it's just too like the thing is like coloring book was very gospel heavy yeah and very sentimental but it felt uniquely chance like it felt like something only he could do like the way he bridged everything together with it i really think the thing that made chance fall off is loving his wife as much as he loved God. <laughs> oh, no. He can love drugs. <laughs> Listen, like, his three, like, his four albums. Um, ten Days, loving getting suspended. <laughs> Acid Rap, loving drugs. Chance Three, loving God. And now we're loving, loving your wife, which is, like, the least cool out of all those things. <laughs> yeah, he can, only, he can only love one thing at once. What will he love next? His kid, Fortnite. probably. <laughs> his wife's boyfriend. His wife's boyfriend. <laughs> no, but, um... Like paying 50 cents for a Fortnite skin. <laughs> V-Bucks. But, yeah, it's... I don't know. It's like... Because, like I said, it's like he... It was really gospel-heavy on uh, Coloring Book, but it felt uniquely chance. But just all the really gospel-inspired songs on this album just kind of feel like anybody could have made it. It feels like, like he's trying to cash back in on that... Chance three hype. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like oh, I'm just gonna make a very, I guess, commercially accessible album and just yeah, I kind of cashed in on it because it's just I don't know, like most of the really trying to be emotional parts on this album just kind of kind of fall flat. Like there's no where Coloring Book had like some urgency. It was like really celebratory. Like it felt like a victory lap for Chance, and then this one just kind of feels like he's just kind of. It feels like he fucking tripped on the hurdle on the way around. Yeah, and he's just kind of just trying to let it come for him instead of, or come to him instead of being hungry like he was on Color. Yeah, like, he knows that he has success no matter what he releases. Yeah, and then the last thing I'm going to say about this one is that, yeah, it really doesn't help that the most fucking annoying video game character of all time 
a sample throughout the song. Like, yeah, I don't know if I hated the sample or loved it, because it just says, I have the sample. I have the sample. <laughs> Jesse, it's time to sample. I have the sample. We, I am the one who samples. We need to cook into the studio, Jesse. But yeah, I don't... It's This one's just boring as fuck to me. Like, um, <laughs> then we got I Got You, Always and Forever. <sighs> this song has way too much singing. Yeah, this is one of the, like, three or four on the album that just feels like it's straight out of the 90s and not in a good way. Yes, and I love the 90s. Yeah, I love the 90s. Like VH1, we love the 90s. Yeah, like, I mean, I might have born, been born in 1999, but I love the 90s. <laughs> but, like, it's nothing to write home about. The verses are weak. The singing goes on for way too long. Yeah, and his... The song kind of sucks. Yeah, it does. And his... his uh, like the voice he puts on in his flow is like really weird. Like it's to me, it sounds like a mix of Shaggy and Fight Dog from uh, a Tribe Called Quest. Like it's like at at the same time, it's like kind of it's like '90s old school hip hop feeling, but then at the same time, it fit, it brings like that Mr. Bubastic. Yeah, like what? Like I, I guess you could call Shaggy like reggae inspired. Yeah, maybe I, like. I just call him Mr. Bobostic. But you know, he has like yeah, that he has that unique unique flow and like the way he stretches his words out. Like his chance tries to do on this and I don't know why the fuck he did it cuz it does not work at all. <laughs> so, yeah, this one I got you kind of fucking sucks. Yeah. I have to say. After this we get to the first skit of the album, which skits are kind of rare these days. They really are. And Chance has never done a skit. He's never done a skit. This so point. I don't know why he decided to do this, but I'm like the skits are also like feature salad. Yeah, like fucking this one has John Witherspoon, who which... died almost three months exactly after the album released. Damn, this I didn't know he have... died that long ago. Yeah, this may have been the last thing that he recorded. Yeah, I thought he fucking died like 2021. No, it was 2019. Huh. Okay. But yeah, um, I mean, I guess it makes sense that he included skits on this. Um, I mean, kind of, because it, I guess it's trying to tell the story of, like, his wedding. Yeah, Because I mean, this one is going for, I guess, Chance and his brother like getting their, yeah, getting their pictures taken at the wedding, and John Witherspoon, I'm assuming, plays, like, a granddad or an uncle or something. Yeah, something like at that. At first, I thought it was just a fucking sample from the Boondocks straight up, because, like, the way he's voicing it sounds like he's just voicing Grandpa yeah. from the Which, Boondocks. Okay, so Chance actually has, now that I think about it, Chance has had skits, they were just baked into songs. Okay, yeah. They weren't separate tracks. Like, um, the last track of, uh, Azerat has his, oh, dad, his, dad, yeah. his dad's talking to him. That's, yeah, but that's, like, into the song. Like, this yeah, is, it's not a separate, this is a separate track. Yeah, this is the first time he's had separate tracks just being skits. Um, but yeah, this, I mean, it's, it's a pretty funny skit. I'll think of it to him. I, mean, I, I like hearing John Witherspoon again. Yeah, anything with him in it's fucking hilarious. Like, just the way he talks is hilarious. Yes, so. <laughs> um, moving from this, it, it goes really good into the next album, Rue. Into the next album? <laughs> the next album. I wish we were into the next album. Yeah. It goes really good into the next song, Rue. Yeah, this one, it has like a really weird, ominous vibe to it. Yes. Which is like nothing else on this album. It also has what I think is the, arguably the best verse on the album. The problem is... It's from, a, it's from Taylor Bennett, yeah. <laughs> not Chancellor Bennett. Yeah. Chance's verses do go a little stupid. Yeah, like, this is one of my favorite songs is, on the this album. Is a high, this is a high point yeah, for it sure. Is. Like, I really, even though in the context of the album, it makes no sense to have a song with this kind of menacing vibe to it, it, it goes kind of hard. Like, it kind of reminds me of uh, the Yeezus album by Kanye. 
Yeah. Because it's like really minimalistic. I won't say industrial, but just like really minimalistic droning beat um, with a sample from uh, Coco Rosie, who I don't I don't know who it is, is. but I liked her uh, feature in the beginning. I said sample, I meant feature. but I feel like it's kind of underutilized. Like I feel like she could, yes. she should have came she back. Should have done a little bit more. Um, but I do. I also really like that. Like the subject matter of the song is weird for this album. Yeah, it is. Because everything like, else is I love me my and, life. This one's like me. And my brother will kill you if you get in our way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me, and my brother will murder you. It's just me and my bro. <laughs> and we got guns. Yeah, it it is really out of place with the album. But I mean, like it feels like a. Um, an early Tyler the Creator song, almost. I could see that, yeah. Or like, um, we got bitches by Audrey. Like an odd future song. Yeah. But like it's like, we got guns, we got guns. Yeah, but even yeah, now that you mention that, like, there's really nothing else that sounds like this that changes. In Chase's discography. Yeah. Like, He's never been like, I will kill you, and my brother will help. Yeah, I mean, there's that one song on Acid Rap, uh, where he says. Uh, all that anti-violent shit goes out the window along with you and the rest of your team. Is yeah, that on but that's a, like one... Um, something on Acid Rap. It's on Acid Rap. Yeah. It's like one line. Yeah. This but, is like an entire song about him and his brother. We'll kill... Like, yeah, like that, the the lyrics of it, and then, like I was saying, the <clears throat> the beat and the tone of it, like, yeah, it's very out of place in Chance's catalog, but I can't lie, I like it. Yeah, it's a really good song. <clears throat> that's what we've been talking about. Okay, so the next song is The Big Day. Yeah, this one's pretty fucking boring. Like, I guess it kind of acts as, like, an interlude of kind sorts. Of? Cause it's, it's just about the halfway point of the album. Yeah, and it's just singing. Like, it opens with whoever the fuck Francis and the Lights is. Never heard of him slash them. I don't know. If Francis. It's group. I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know who it is. But they start by singing, I can't believe it. Must be the luckiest guy alive. Somehow I'm right. But we're only going to survive if we go crazy. And then Chance comes in and sings almost the same exact thing. Oh my god, it's the greatest day of my life. So glad you arrived, but the only way to survive is to go crazy. Yeah, the only way to survive is to go crazy for about two minutes. <laughs> like, he literally sings that three times. Yes. Um, you also cannot convince me that Lynn manuel Miranda did not have a part in this. <laughs> He's a dude that did Hamilton, right? Yeah, and uh, Moana. He did Moana? Yeah, he did Moana. Huh, interesting. You can tell because he has a part in Moana. And Lin-Manuel Miranda not putting himself in a movie he worked on challenge. <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> yeah, I, I like Moana a lot, but I I didn't care for Hamilton. I like Hamilton. I really like Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> I think he does good music, but this sounds like a Lin-Manuel Miranda song. <laughs> but yeah, just that goes on for two minutes until somebody just starts randomly, frantically shouting obscenities in the background yeah. they're like fuck fuck shoot it fuck it god fuck shit i'm just like yeah it's okay. really it's really bad yeah and then it ends with a small verse by I, i'm guessing francis and the lights about something about being a molecule of christ <laughs> it's i don't get kind it. of the it's most pointless really, song yeah, on it is album. the most pointless song on the album an yeah. album of pointless songs yeah exactly like i uh I got nothing really else to say about this one. Um, so. Let's go on the run. My notes are incomplete. It says, and I quote, This chorus is so cheesy, but the beat is sick and the verses are mines. <laughs> the verses are mines. Um, so the verses are mines, guys. Okay. Yeah, the, I don't know, this whole song feels like it came out of a made-for-TV Disney movie to me. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah. it's just like, 
way too fucking joyous. Movie. Yeah, it's just way too upbeat and cheerful, and I don't know, it's just really obnoxious. The fucking part where Chance says, I got plans to hug and kiss you. I got plans to hug and hug and hug you. <laughs> like, is that really the the best fucking line you can come up with, Chance? I don't hug know. Hug and hug and hug. I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah, it's it. like, I got plans to hug and kiss you. I got plans to hug and hug and hug you. <laughs> it's like, okay. Okay, buddy. But yeah, it's just, I don't know, like I said, it just sounds like a reject Disney song. And then towards the end it just drops like the really over the top joyful joyful sounding keys and just goes into like yeah. this kind of it goes a little crazy for no reason it goes into like a really low-key beat chance just kind of sleepily rapping over it to end the song i don't know it's a really weird beat switch towards the end of the end of the song yeah i don't and then handsome the song we mentioned earlier um I think it's one of the better songs on the album. The beat and the flow are really chill. Mm-hmm. I like the chorus. Chance's verses are solid. I think Meg the Stallion comes in with the wrong energy. You think so? I think so. Because the rest of the song is like really chill, and then Meg just comes out really aggressive, which that's that's her thing. Yeah. That's fine. I don't think she was the right choice for the song. I think she would have done better with something like Rue. Okay. Yeah, I could She get could that. have been like, my brother will also kill you guys. <laughs> yeah, I could get that. Um... But, yeah, I like that. I mean, I like her verse. I, I do see what you mean, though, how... Because Chance's part it's is pretty... It's a verse. Mm-hmm. It's just... It's still wrong energy for the song, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, her verse, pretty much, like you said, is pretty standard for her. Like, any verse I've heard from her and any song I've heard from her, like, it ranges from decent... Like, I've never heard a bad thing from her at either... For yeah, me, every, everything she does is either decent or, like, really good. So, kind of keeping in line with that, but... I feel like they really missed an opportunity to... Because you know how they both have um, their famous ad-libs. <laughs> Chance has his fucking... Uh, I can't even attempt to do it. Ah! Yeah, there you go. And then Meg's is... Eh. <laughs> so I feel like they should have yeah, just... Yeah, ah, eh, Yeah, exactly. Ah, eh, 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 eh. They should have just gone back and forth with like a breakdown of the song with their fucking ad-libs. That would have been really cool. <laughs> that that would have been, been really that cool. That would have been funny. Which Chance doesn't do a single... Ah. <laughs> on this whole album, does he? he? Not, I think he does one or two. Maybe one or two. But it's not like... No, I mean, as in rap, it was like every song. Coloring Book, it was every song. Yeah, I mean, he did it a little less frequently on Coloring Book. Yeah, but as in rap, it was fucking everywhere. Yeah. But... Uh, I actually, I think the, the most he does it in Coloring Book is when he goes, ah, 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 for my real fans. Yeah, on Angels, I think. But, yeah, I feel like they missed the opportunity with that. <laughs> I would have liked them to just fucking ad-lib each other. Rap ad-lib battle each other instead of a rap battle. <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. Um, Big Fish. Pretty decent trap it's song. It's okay. It's, it's some lyrical miracle shit, but it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm a lyrical miracle, spiritual individual. <laughs> like, it's it's just really slow. It's Sober Chance trying to be acid rap chance again. Yeah, it's... His verse is decent. The chorus is... Fairly catchy, decent. fairly decent. I like Gucci's verse. Yeah, it's definitely the highlight of the song, and I feel like his verse should have either been longer, or, like, there should have been someone else featured on this song. Like, this one feels really short to me for some reason. Um, but yeah, Gucci was definitely a highlight of the verse, which I feel like most songs that Gucci features yeah, on, Gucci, he's a highlight. He got, like, the rappers he got to feature are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, after this is Ballin' Flossin'. Where Chance just pretends to be high again. God. And then Sean Mendez does the Sean Mendez thing of ruining songs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, 
I was like, why the fuck did you have to pick Sean Mendes to feature of on this? Of all the people, you could have picked Chino Marino. <laughs> I would have I would have loved to see a chance <laughs> featuring Chino Marino. That would have been interesting. It's a guy from Deftones. Deftones? Yeah, I don't even like the Deftones. Yeah, that would have been an inter- interesting choice. But yeah, it's another 90s throwback song. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like he could have picked anybody but Sean Mendes. To Literally feature on anybody. It. Yeah. His part's annoying, the beat's annoying, the background singer, singers are annoying. The verse is the weakest shit I've heard on the album so far. Yeah, and then the fucking uh, bridge or whatever it is that Chance tries to do is cringe. He talks in like a really bo- low voice. He's like, now you're ballin', flossin', yeah. Now you're ballin', or some yeah, shit. It's like, not good. And then to top it all off, he has a fucking peanut butter jelly time reference in the yep. year of 20-fucking-19. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't get it. I, I Yeah, I really, like, fucked the song. This was, like, one of the worst songs for me on the album. Yes, after that we get our next skit, Four Quarters in the Back. Yeah. Um, this is apparently a character from the movie ATL. Never seen it. From the movie ATL? Yeah, there's a movie called ATL, and that's what this character is. Hmm. That's what Genius said. Okay, but yeah, it's uh, Keith David. Yeah, apparently but... Keith David plays some guy in ATL. I've heard of the show ATL that Donald Glover did. Yeah, there's apparently a movie from like 06. Hmm. Never seen it, never really heard of it. Okay. Uh, I'm sure it's good. Yeah, I don't know. I just assumed he was playing like a smart ass uncle at a wedding. Because <laughs> he's like giving a speech of like how proud he is of Chance and then immediately just starts listing everything that he's doing wrong in his life. And then like everybody in the wedding starts chiming in on it. I really like the part where John Witherspoon comes in and he's like, stay off them perky pills. <laughs> oh, he says it. He's like, stay off them perky pills. Yeah. It's yeah. a pretty good skit. It's a pretty funny skit. And then Five Year Plan, which is it's just another Chance 3 song. Yeah, I, I put that, like, it's kind of a gospel-inspired song on the album that actually feels... Yeah, it's not soulless. Yeah, it feels it inspired. Almost, it feels like it was a song he wrote for Coloring Book and was like, no, nah, I'm going to save this. Yeah, like, I feel... This is definitely out of out of all. Like I feel like most of the songs on this album fall into three camps. It's either tries too hard to be a trap song, and kind of succeeds with uh, Hansel and Big Fish. Yeah, and then Hot Shower, kind of kind of succeeds, kind of doesn't. It's either that, then it's random '90s R and B throwback songs, and then the majority of the album is just tries too hard to be very soulful and I love my wife I love God like just tries too hard to feel like really inspirational and I feel like this is the one song out of that last camp that actually kind of works yeah I think there's another camp of tries too hard to be acid rap really there's a lot of songs that were like he's trying to bring back the success of acid rap okay and like I wish he could but he doesn't do acid anymore (laughs) so he can't yeah so yeah, and I guess the gospel-ish songs could feel like color they're tr- yeah they're trying to be color book, book, and I feel like this is the one that gets closest. It succeeds. It is yeah. a, it is a coloring book song. Yeah, is it as good? Like I feel like coloring book is better. Yeah, yeah, like this would be an outtake, but pretty good. Outtake. It might have been. Yeah, it, it could have been. Like it. Um, the beat is really dreamy, mm-hmm. which I like, and the the verses are good. Or verse, there's just one verse in the song. Yeah. I, my only complaint is I wish it was longer so I could get more of it. Yeah, and I also will say the Randy Newman feature, which most people know him as uh, doing You Got a Friend in Me from Toy Story. Yeah, I was like, I know the name Randy Newman. Who the fuck is yeah. Randy Newman? I will say his parts feel kind of awkward and unnecessary. Yeah. I don't know. 
he, it kind of his part kind of gives Lou, Lou Reed on Lulu vibes. Like he he just is kind of like talk singing and saying really weird shit. No matter what we do, <laughs> we cannot escape Lulu. We can't. But it doesn't bring the song down too much. I mean, overall, this is one of the stronger songs on the yeah. album. So uh, after this is "Get a Bag," which feels like an acid rap song. Uh, yeah, I can see that. It's kind of a mediocre, upbeat, pop, poppy rap song. Fairly catchy. I mean, decent enough verses and energy from Chance. Nothing too offensive, but nothing really. Pretty sticks. good wordplay. Mm-hmm. But um, nothing really sticks out as memorable. I mean, then, it's all right. And then the Cowboys, or whatever the fuck they're called. Wait, what? There's another verse by someone called, like, Cowboys. Oh, is there? I didn't even see that. Cowboys? I think it's the Cowboys. Whatever. The, ca- the entire, the entire uh, 2019 Dallas Cowboys roster featured on this well, song. Well, it's a Cal <laughs> Okay. Maybe, is it Cali Boys? Maybe. I don't know. Either Ca- way. Cowboys, Cali Boys, Cowboys. Whoever they are, they try to ruin the song. They try to ruin the song. They try to ruin the song really hard. I don't... I think I even catch that. I thought this entire song was just chance rapping. I don't no, know. There was a friend of someone else rapping. It's bad. Okay, I don't know how I missed that. But yeah, I mean, it's a decent, decent, all right enough song. Not not one of the worst songs on the album. Not one of the best songs. Just kind of falls in the middle. Uh, then you got Slide Around, which is another pretty meh song. He tries way too hard to get the acid rap wordplay. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's not too terrible, um, but Nicki Minaj and Lil Durk, I think, both outrap chance on this one. <laughs> well, Nicki does the one thing she does in every song she features on, which is has the best best verse. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is not a, uh, this is not an episode about Nicki, but Nicki does this thing where when she has her own song, she has one really good verse and the rest is shit. <laughs> so she's a really good feature artist because she has that one really good verse every time. Yeah, especially on, like, fucking Monster. Yeah, it's like she can only write one verse per beat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like, don't come at me, but I feel like Gucci Mane's kind of like that too. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, I haven't heard a lot of his solo stuff, but everything I've heard I feel like has one really fucking baller-ass verse, and then the rest is kind of eh, and then every time he's on a song, he goes fucking hard, but, um, but granted, he has, like, fucking 40-something mixtapes, so. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, another thing on this song, uh, Chance does this really fucking annoying thing where, in his verse, he drags out, like, he ends a lot of the bars with words ending in the letter S, and then drags, yeah, drags out the S song, he's like, I think he says something about, keep receipts, something. There's, like, one word, he just just adds an S, and it's not even there, just so he can hiss. Yeah, and then after, really fucking annoying. And then after he does that, he does this thing where he does, after everything he says, it's like, yeah. got to slide her around, getting that back. I mean, those aren't the real, <laughs> those aren't the real <laughs> lyrics, but dumb. yeah, a lot of like really fucking annoying ASMR sounding shit by chance on this. That got yeah. on my nerves. Uh, then we get to Sun Come Down. I like the song. Do you? I like the song. It's really nice to hear him talking about like accepting his death, what he wants after death. Yeah. Um, you don't hear rappers talking about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you get like, I can't think of a lot of songs that are like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, another kind of sappy song about marriage, and I mean, <clears throat> it's not awful. I will say, um, it's some of it does hit. I will get, we'll give it that. I mean, it has some uh, pretty good introspective lyrics, but 
it's, like, not, it's not like the best song. Mm-hmm. It's a good song. Yeah, the main themes I feel like is not taking anything for granted and always telling your significant other that you love them before you go to yeah. bed. That's like the main oh. overarching thing he says on the song. And then yeah, he talks about like making a will and then how don't if, don't hologram after my death. Yeah, and like how when he dies, like how to make a movie about his life. Like don't make it about his death. Make it about his life. Why don't make it a movie about Chance's life? And, and ask his wife permission before you do it. <laughs> Obviously, but, that's how you don't get sued. Yeah. Yeah, not, not an awful song. And then we go to an awful song, in my Found opinion. Found a good one, Single No More. Another 90s-inspired track that... Chance has become a wife guy. Yeah, this is probably the biggest culprit of the I Love My Wife trope on this album. Like, just pretty cringe overall with the with the lyrics and the... The verse is kind of cute. Okay. It's, it's kind of cute, just like the way he talks about his wife. Hmm. It's a little cute. Okay. It's not cute enough to justify the rest of the fucking <laughs> song existing. It's kind of cute. It's like a disco-ass beat. Yeah. Yeah, and then for whatever reason, though, it has, like, a fucking drill breakdown at the end of the song yeah. with, like, gunshots in the background. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Is that how this wedding ends? Do people I, shoot? I, I don't know. It, like, came out of fucking nowhere. It was just, like, so upbeat and, like, 90s R&B sound. brother's back to kill y'all. <laughs> Yeah, the people that stayed too long for the wedding, he's like, get the fuck out. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was a very weird choice for the end of the song. Um, and then we get to Town on the Hill, which... This is just an I Love You God song. Yeah, this is kind of in a similar vein to the title track uh, of the album. Uh, it, featuring no rapping, just kind of chants singing on it. But at least this one... He sings a, the, uh, something different than the same verse five times. Oh, thank God. Like he does on the title track. But it's just, it's just about loving God. Yeah. fine. Yeah, it's just, just another, I feel like, unnecessary snooze fest for me. Like, doesn't really add anything to um, the album. Then we get to the last skit on the album, Our House. Which is definitely the weakest skit on the album. I don't, I couldn't find anything of who the lady is on this one. I don't know if it's a famous voice actor, like how the other two were. I I don't know if that's actually Chance's daughter or not, either. Yeah, I I don't know who it is voicing the kid. I'm presuming it's supposed to be his daughter. Yeah, it's supposed to be his daughter. I'm like, now I got one house. I used to have two houses. Yeah, and... My parents are married now. Yeah, and sorry, Chance, that this is your real daughter, but whoever the fuck voiced her, her voice is, like, creepy to me. Like, it almost sounds like a... Like sixty year old woman trying to voice yeah, a kid. It's really weird. She has like this really weird grit to her voice and the way she she's like, I can play with my toys at two houses now. Like I don't know, just the way she says it. Really I can play all my toys in the same house. When Daddy wakes me up and asks me what, what toys I want to play with, I say all of them. And she's like, and I say all of them. Like I don't. Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the skit. Yeah, I'm not either. Uh, the best part about the skit is that it leads into the last song of the album. Finally, after fucking 20, 21 tracks, we get to the 22nd final track. Zanies and Fools. Zanies and Fools. At first I thought it said Zanies and Fools. And this, I was like, Zanies again, Chance? Zans and Fools. This is fucking... It sucks. This song is bad. Yeah. And that really sucks because every other Chance mixtape, all the Chance mixtapes, ended on a high note. Mm-hmm. Like, he has a history of ending on a really good song, and he just fucking didn't. Yeah, this one is just, it's trying too hard to be, like, epic, I guess. It's so forgettable. Like, and it has, like, a really fast-paced, like, 
I guess you could say like tribal drum beat. I can't. I don't really th can't think of another word to describe the type of drum beat. It sort of reminds me of um, Who Can Survive in America off of uh, the closing track on My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Yeah. It has like a really fast drum beat like that. And then the way the beats switch up and the verses are kind of feels like he's trying to do um, the song. I, I forget what the name of the song is, but the song before that, like the second to last song on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy where it has like a like an indie singer come in and then it has a few different rappers on it and it's trying to be like this epic closer like i feel like this is trying to do that but it yeah, ultimately it fails and also chance just seems like slightly behind the beat on the song i don't know if that was just me or not but it sounded like he couldn't keep I up didn't with it notice but it probably yeah like it which Nicki minaj comes in and she she keeps on the beat, and her rapping style suits the beat better, but Chance trying to rap over it just felt like he was, like, one step behind the beat the entire time. Yeah. And it just felt really awkward the whole time he was rapping. But, yeah, so... so there go, there's track by track. That in, yeah, that ends uh, it. <laughs> any lyrics you got? Yeah, um... I got, I said it earlier, but I'm about to book a show at the Dimsdale Demodome from all day long. <laughs> okay, my first one is, a uh, peanut butter jelly with a baseball bat. Yeah. From Ball and Flossum. Yeah, that was definitely a it was low a, point of the album. It was one of the lowest points of the album. Um, after that, I got from Get a Bag, Stop Smoking Cigarettes, Now Pussy Tastes Like Key Lime. I also got that one. That's a good one. Yeah. That, that, that kind of goes hard. Kind of go hard. I got um, from We Go High, I got an extension with a long nose like Phineas. <laughs> I, that one's good. I didn't get that one. But my last one is uh, Shoddy Got Cake If You Try to Eat More. Oh. From a uh, hot shower. Shoddy got cake. Oh yeah, that was. Shoddy fucking... got cake if you try to eat more. I think that was a uh, made in Tokyo's. Verse. Probably that was so. I was like, what the fuck? I mean, I, the... I could fucking quote the entirety. I of had that. to stop myself from doing just that song. Yeah, I could. I think I've already said my two favorite parts from that song. Um, so yeah, that, that that entire song could be on here. Uh, I also got from Let's Go on the Run, baby. I'm deeper than an iceberg with only the tip in. <laughs> it's like all right. And then um, one that I think was actually pretty clever from Rue, I got the keys like I'm Keegan. Ooh, yeah. I thought that one was pretty good. And then my last one from Get a Bag is, I say, yup, you know, you my favorite shooter. Yup, bing, bang, bing, buka, buka. <laughs> <laughs> but you got any uh, favorite songs? Right, so my favorite songs are, Do You Remember? Okay. Hot Shower, mm -hmm. Rue, um, and actually that's it, I think. Okay. My three favorites. Okay. I put five favorites because they're the only five songs I would ever come back to on the album. Um, I got Do You Remember, Hot Shower, Rue, and then I also got Handsome and Five Year Plan. I thought about adding those two. As well. I thought about adding Get a Bag, but I was like, other than the Gucci verse, which is good but it's not like it wouldn't make me go out of my way to listen to the song again so yeah so yeah i was like ultimately i i had to put five because i was like those are really the only five i would ever then, uh, think of touching again from yeah. this album <laughs> my least favorite songs is uh the rest of the album but mostly zanies mm -hmm. and fools and uh ball and flossum oh wow you only picked two that were like ultimate travesties <laughs> also eternal we'll give it to eternal too really I don't like Eternal. I think it's mid as fuck. It's mid, but I think the Smino feature brings it up enough to be from being absolute garbage for me. But 
Molly's favorites are All Day Long, Let's Go on the Run, We Go High, Ball and Faucet, and Found a Good One. But I think if I had to pick, like, my absolute least favorite song in this album, it would probably, it'd probably be a tie between Let's Go on the Run and Ball and Faucet. But I think my least favorite one is Ball and Faucet. Yeah. That song is terrible. Those two were fucking terrible, I have to say. <laughs> okay, what are we rating this album? I don't know. Like we said, um, all right, let me get the, let me get the drive pulled back up. Because I got the, uh, the audience scores, if you will, from that. It is... I know one was like a 4 out of 10. Yeah, so Rate Your Music is a 1.25 out of 5. Metacritic was a 3.7 out of 10. And then All Music was a 4.9 out of 10. Okay, so we'll just say the 3.7 is the aggregate score. So yeah. the middle of the 3. Yeah, we could also go with the Rate Your Music since... It has about 6,000 okay, more so rankings. Okay, so 2.5 out of 10. Okay, so pretty fucking low. I give it a 3.5. Yeah, I... Uh, I think the good songs are good enough to make it a 3.5. I think the bad songs are bad enough to make it a 3.5. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll give it... A 9. <laughs> yeah, 10 out of 10. You love this album. I'll, uh, I'll give it a... Two and a half out of ten. I'll go with about the the uh, median score of every everyone else. <laughs> like, it's not a good album. Yeah, it's not. I feel like if you kept the best songs and then cut a lot of the album because it is way too overly long, like cut the worst songs out, keep the best songs in, and then the songs that are mid just worked on them a bit more. I feel like it could have been, been a good album, but he still, spent too much time diversifying. Yeah, and it's still... Probably something like a six. Yeah, it still would have been by far his worst release, and nothing near the quality of anything he's done. But it wouldn't have been as bad. And I feel like if you would have done those things that I said and gave it to a rapper who hadn't had an album yet, or someone who's not as, like, high of a level as a rapper as Chance was. It would have been good. Yeah, it would have been, like, way more accepted by a lot of people, but yeah. it's just the fact that he was on top of the world for a minute there and then just released this, and it's just so, at best, mediocre, and at worst, like, absolutely unbearable. It just, I don't get it. It just makes it, I don't know. It's it's wild. He, like, destroyed his... I, I think he's coming back, though. I hope so. Um, do you think this deserves one last breath? No. Fuck no. No. Um, I say listen to the songs that we mentioned mm-hmm. as good songs. Uh, if you're really curious, you can listen to the whole album. I don't think you should. Yeah, I don't. Especially not if you're if you're just a fan of rap, maybe. If you're a fan of Chance, stay away. Yeah, I feel like that's another thing. I feel like if no one has ever listened to which i mean it could have been what he was trying to do with this album like yeah, appeal to get new fans, but... yeah like if you somehow didn't listen to chance at all when he was at the top of his game and you stumble upon this like i, I feel like i could see somebody that's most likely a newbie to rap like doesn't really yeah. know much only listens to like really popular trap and like pop rap like i feel like i could see them i feel like they could have a fan base of, yeah but... If you're a fan of Chance, stay away. Yeah, this it doesn't deserve one last breath. We can only hope that his next release will be ten times better than God, this. I hope, I hope we don't have to do an episode about that either. Because I, I will. I will do an emergency episode. An emergency episode. 
Uh, well, either way, we will see you next week with something a little thrashier. <laughs> Just a little thrash, yeah. Just a little thrashier. I mean, you know, this was... You know, the famous thrash album, Chance. Yeah, I mean, this was like top ten thrash albums of top 2019, 10. I gotta say. It was the only thrash album of 2019, probably. <laughs> either way, we'll see you next week. See ya.